So, Martin, if we can have the benefit, thank you for coming again all the way and for being uh, a great uh, supporter of Capital Link. And we are privileged to be able to share your insight on many occasions. Thank you so much. Ah, thanks so much. Uh, well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, t uh, tight timetable this morning, so I'm not going to uh, give you too much uh, uh, chat up front. Let's get on with it. I, I've got um, five topics. I'm going to. There's going to be a lot of experts today in who know a lot more about detailed trades than I do. So what I'm going to try and do is give you an overview. I'll start off. A quick run over the trends, just to, because Nicholas is very keen on keeping to time. So if I run out of time, I might be cut off. So I'm going to tell you at the beginning what my conclusions are, and then I'll go on and sort of fill up on that later. So I'll do the trends. Then I'll, a little bit about the demand side of the economy, which is not so too bad at the moment. The supply side and the shipbuilders, which is, um, as always, something you just can't afford to ignore. And um, uh, the market outlook. And then um, I was asked to say something about the role of Asia, and I think that's very appropriate on this occasion. So, um, uh, with, you know, for the Maritime Week, but also, I think, with this particular conference, which is focusing on the financial area in a way which uh, we haven't really seen quite on this scale uh, previously, so that, that, that's my, my game for this, this morning. Um, the, uh, I think the big thing about the, the market today is it, we're past the trough, which is always good news, but um, this has been quite a big cycle, and we've, we've still got to get out the other end, and so what I'm focusing on a little bit more is less exactly when things are going to recover and more how, you know, what the profile will be if you're trying to plan recovery and plan survival for the second half of the recession if you've got a weak balance sheet. Well, I'm sure there's no one here with a weak balance sheet, you know, it's, uh, it's tough times. Um, uh, the trades, the demand side is basically pretty good. The, um, uh, the supply side is still quite challenging. Um, so let's just run through those, those trends very quickly. Um, the, uh, we've, although we are past the trough, and I think it's pretty clear we passed that about 12 months ago, um, there's still about almost 20% surplus across the whole fleet. It's spread differently between sectors, but nevertheless, um, we're not... so. What we learned as we came out of the 80s, which was incidentally a very different sort of depression from this one, was that um, really before you get another really good market, you've got to get rid of all the underlying uh, surplus. And so, um, you know, we've got a bit of surplus clearing to do before we can say, hooray, we're, you know, there's a boom around the corner. Um, the Clarksy Index, is, which is the average of tankers, bulk carriers, container ships, and gas, um, still bouncing around $10,000 a day, which is not its bottom by any means. It's been down in the 8,000s uh, within the last 15 months. But um, nevertheless, it is, it's quite low, but it is edging up. You know, it's, it's going in the right direction. I'll show some charts of this. Demand side, pretty good. Industry is growing much faster than it was. You know, the recovery we were looking 
forward to 15 months ago, a year ago, is happening now, and uh, the, the whole, nearly every economy is doing pretty well. Um, the uh, trade growth is up 3.9% in last year. We're looking at somewhere around 3.5% this year. This is very yeah, decent growth. It's in the upper echelons of the sort of historic growth rates we've had for sea trade. And China is doing very well, and uh, so that, that their growth figures for last year were up to 8% seaborne trade uh, imports. So that's, that's great. On the, the supply side, um, the orders picked up quite a lot last year. It was, it was about $64 billion in uh, money and um, $80 million dead weight in tonnage. And we're starting to see some orders coming through that have, you know, sort of um, shipbuilding, you know, ca capacity and connotations. So um, we'll, we'll look at that, that in a bit more detail. But um, the deliveries were 98 million tonnes. So they, although the yards didn't book as much new tonnage as they delivered, um, that, that 98 million tonnes is still really more, it's definitely more than we need to clear the market. So it's a little bit on the high side. Uh, demolition still very robust. There's 35 to 40 million tonnes a year going out. So about a third of the, um, the, to the tonnage that's um, being uh, delivered is immediately accounted for by scrapping. So that, again, in a good trade growth scenario is not bad. So you can see here, you're sort of it's up a bit, down a bit is the scenario. And what I'm going to do um, from here on is to, um, to, to sort of really go through the, um, the, these sectors in a little bit more detail. Let's start off with the, uh, the general trend, the Clarksy Index. And um, it, this last decade, because we are now 10 years away from Lehman Brothers and the big, well, nine and a half years from Lehman Brothers, but 10 years from the beginning of the crisis. And um, you can see that the freight market the last 10 years has been quite similar to the 90s. And I'd say there's, you know, there's a lot of truth in that. In the 90s, we felt, I think, that we deserved a better market because we'd had such an awful market in the 80s. You felt it was unjust that you didn't get a better market in the 90s. But actually, as it turned out, we were soaking up surplus still until 1997 was the date at which you finally got rid of the overhang and we started to move into better territory. And, and we didn't really know um, what territory we were moving into, but you can see from this index that it was worth being there. And patience and survival skills are what shipping's all around. Those players who got through the 90s um, were there to were there definitely to pick up some very nice investments in the 2000s. So, um, and I think again, you know, we're marking time and waiting to clear the market before we can get to that uh, that next really exciting infusion of cash. Um, the market cross-section is uh, quite different. This chart shows you the um, average earnings of each sector in the last 12 months divided by the average earnings in the last seven years. So we're really out of the, the period when the last seven years was inf influenced by the boom of the, the last decade. It's all 
you know, saw the recession. And you can see there's a very different position. If we start, the, the, um, the bulkers are uh, really much better. They've, they've got ahead of their previous trend. They had a very, they had a very hard run over the last seven years. And the current rates, I know CAPES are struggling a little bit at the moment. I don't see that as being particularly uh, permanent development. I think we'll see that correct itself fairly shortly. But um, generally, the dry bulk is doing okay and is 43% um, over trends today. So um, that, that's not bad at all. The, the tanker, oh, sorry, 18% over trends. The tankers... Um, in contrast, had a rather unexpected boom, and they are now 43% uh, below trend. And uh, chemicals a little bit under trend. Gas, after a very good run, under trend. So you can see it's pluses and minuses for the sectors. And, uh, but they are moving around, you know, a couple of years down, a couple of years up. That's the pattern at the moment. Um, just to put this for the main sectors into a sort of slightly more fundamental um, perspective, are you know are the sectors actually are the ships actually making money? Um, this analysis looks at the cost of a ship, uh, of a new ship. It's um, it's based on new building prices, and it shows all the costs, including operating expenses in dark in blue the uh, interest assuming that you leverage the ship at 70%, so you're lucky enough to get that out of a bank nowadays, and um, the, uh, with a banker's spread, by the way, which is generally nowadays nearly as much as the interest, and uh, lucky bankers, uh, <laughs> um, and uh, depreciation, which of course is non-cash, but you've got, to, you've got to cover it sometime. And you see for the Cape size how that did bottom out, um, uh, you know, 15, 16, when China was not looking good. Um, the capes were really suffering. There was no money coming in um, at all. You know, you couldn't pay the bank for a bit. And now it's back into covering depreciation territory. So, you know, this is, this is the, incidentally, the earnings here is for the last 12 months, not spot earnings. The spot earnings were a slightly different story, but uh, I, I like to get the average. Uh, so that's not too bad. If we look at the, um, the, the tankers, it's a different pattern. And of course, the big thing is it's the same calculation here. The operating expenses, the interest plus spread on 70%, and the depreciation. Um, tankers, very different. They had a surprisingly good boom. I mean, 14, 15, I call it the Paddy Rogers boom, because I think he, he talked the market up. I don't know what happened. But anyway, we got that very good boom, which is almost as good as in the last decade. It went up and it came down, which is a pattern we got in, used to in the tanker business for many years. The, the booms didn't last very long. Um, and now we're in a sort of correction phase, and we'll look at the numbers there a little bit further going on. But um, basically, the fundamentals of the two markets are not so different dry and wet. Um, Second-hand prices... It's, um, it's not been a bad decade for arbitrageurs. This is the, this is the, these, these are indices of five-year-old ships, which Clarkson Research do. 
and um, the uh, as you can see, there's the, the sort of a certain amount of interplay, not massive price movements, but some movement and some money to be made. Um, the bulk has had quite a good run from their trough up to the present level, and the tankers um, are correcting upwards a little bit too. So, uh, you know, not, not wild speculation on the prices. Take a, a look at the demand trends. I'm going to speed up a little bit because I see from, my, from the um, countdown timer I'm running over time here. So I'm going to go through these charts quite quickly. World economy doing pretty well, as you can see. This is world industrial production. Um, in 1516, it was pretty low, and it's picked up very nicely over the last 12 months, as expected. And that is the first thing that's really helping us out on the demand side. Um, the second thing is that China's trade is been very decent over the last couple of years. I mean, I've shown the sort of increase that we've ha been having over quite long periods. And you, you see here, 15, um, 14, 15 were very relatively weak years, especially 15 for China imports. Um, the last two years, 180 million tons a year has been pretty good, uh, uh, actually quite, uh, quite excellent. And um, it just emphasized once again that we are very dependent on China for the marginal movements in this business. You, you know, China's the big dog today and you've got to watch it. There are a few worries about the iron ore. We keep following the iron ore. It keeps increasing. They're cutting back a bit on the domestic supplies, replacing with imports. But I think there is a little discomfort there on the, uh, on the future growth rates for the iron ore trade. Um, but iron ore is not everything. And I put this chart in its total seaborne trade. Um, I had to do a bit of jiggery-pokery to get such a long series out of it. But um, the reason I wanted you to see a long series is it just shows that you can have bad runs with trade when it goes down. The 80s was not a good decade. We actually saw seaborne trade falling year after year. In fact, it was horrible. Um, the last decade, there is no, since 2009, there's been nothing wrong with seaborne trade. It has grown pretty steadily. This is a good business. We're up to 11 billion, 11 billion tons trade. Um, uh, Mr. Paulson was mentioning you know, why we, you know, why shipping is a good business. Shipping is a good business because it delivers 11.5 billion tons of cargo, nearly two tons per capita to, for every person in the world, and you couldn't have today's world without it. It is the ultimate essential business. So if you put your money in ships, it might be a bit of a hairy ride, but you're doing something pretty good for the world economy, you know. And um, I'll have a few more words to say about that later. Seaborne trade, uh, as you can see again, these are just the percentage growth rates. And it's not been as exciting in this decade as it was in the last decade when you were sort of looking at growth rates of over 5%. But given the bigger base, the absolute trade growth has been not bad at all. We just had the one year, 2015, when it was a bit weak. But otherwise, um, we're looking at 3.5% uh, last year and maybe three to 
3.2, 3.3%. I'm sorry, something's gone wrong with that number. It says, it says 1905, but it's supposed to say 1918. So sorry about that. Um, on the supply side, well, I think we could do better. This is the story of the shipyards. Um, slowly building up in the 90s, then suddenly in the 2000s, and then suddenly they, the yards invest a lot of their cash in new capacity. Um, we get over the top and they closed over 500 shipyards. Um, and we went from 160 million tons to 100 million tons of production. Uh, we were 98 million tons last year. We're going to see it down to about 70 million tons this year and about uh, maybe 65, 68 next year. Um, I think, the, to be quite honest, we need to be even lower than that to clear this surplus. So we're going in the right direction, but not as fast as I would like to see it if we're going to get rid of that surplus capacity. Um, the shipyard is still the three big players. China's the big dog today. They, they've overtaken Korea. Korea is doing, is not far behind. This is in compensated growth tons, gross tons with 10.9 um, uh, uh, million CGT, um, just behind China. China's got a big order book, about two and a half year, years of work. Korea has absolutely almost rock bottom order book. They're, they're about a year, 1.6, 1.7 years work, which for a shipbuilder is very, very tight. So the Koreans, who are mainly exporters, are under a lot of pressure at the moment. And the Japanese at the moment have quite a big order book, didn't take so many orders next year. But you're seeing a game playing out between these three big players and one way or the other slowly the capacity and the production is coming down and this chart which shows the merchant order book for the three main sectors as a percentage of the fleet shows you how far we've come from the boom days when we had for some sectors nearly 50% of the fleet on order. Amazing uh, situation. Today we're down to about 10%. It's it, it means we're going in the right direction. It uh, could be slightly better, but frankly, it's not a bad position to be in. And the price is going up. So anybody who booked ships last year, surprisingly, in this tough competitive position, the yards price has gone up. Seems to be steel prices are up and uh, the um, uh, maybe uh, currencies are playing a part in this. Um, they're not big increases, but um, this is this is what I'm told is going on. That the, it's just, you know, the V is five million bucks more than it was. So, you know, that's uh, an unexpected development, perhaps. Uh, order book as a percentage of the fleet. I'm going to skip through this, um, and the fleet itself is now growing. We're expecting 2.3 percent growth in 2018 as against, you'll remember my forecast for the demand side about 3.5%. So we are gonna slice a bit of that. We're gonna get rid of a bit of that surplus this year. And so that, that is always good. We're moving in the right direction. And I think less deliveries is always good too because, and the bulkers are at a pretty low level now. 
because new ships coming on the market do seem to have a bigger impact on freight rates for some reason. I think because people want to fix them, you know. Um, market outlook, well, this is the basic fundamental supply-demand chart. The uh, demand is the blue dotted line across the whole fleet. The supply is the red line. The um, blue bars are the percentage surplus. Last decade, we had a nominal shortage, um, about 15%. Now we've got a nominal surplus. We're just slowly clearing that. So I think I, I'd still put my money on the fact it's going to be the big early years of the next decade before you really clear the market, but we're moving in the right direction. Um, role of Asia, I was asked to say something about this. Um, I think the first thing really is to <clears throat> make the point, shipping, if we've grown our trade at 3.5% over the last 50 years, actually, if that carries on, we will um, double trade by 2040 again. So we'll be looking at 22, 23 billion tons of cargo. And we have an issue there where the, um, we really have to deal with this carbon footprint issue, which came, I'm sure this is going to be discussed a lot. The IMO has finally agreed on 50% reduction in the carbon footprint as compared with the actual in 2008. It's a lot better than 100%, which is what some people at IMO were arguing for, but this is a very challenging target. And they, may, they discussed the size of the reduction. They didn't discuss the technology, which we don't have to meet this reduction. And so the industry should be on a voyage of discovery to find a new, um, to, to find out how we're going to achieve this. And the, the technology conference is going on at, um, in the maritime week, I think, have a lot to contribute in this area. The conventional technology, not much in the cupboard. The new technology, I think we can find something special. I feel the solutions are going to come out of Asia this time. This is where the, where, where the sort of focus is. Um, I, I think we're going to look back and see this as the decade when Asia, you know, sort of took over a position it hasn't had for 200 years as the leader of the maritime industry and or in fact going around the maritime museum last um, last night um, the 8th century BC it's fascinating if you haven't been there it's a most terrific story and um, today uh, Asia is 63% uh, of seaborne imports the Atlantic is down to 39% so you know it's a new story and I think you know, when you look at Asia, it is such, such a varied scene, enormous technology up in the east, in Japan, Korea, the South China Sea coast, Bohai Bay, um, a whole new area of Southeast Asia just waiting for that road and belt investment, which I really hope, I know there's various levels to belt and road, but I really hope that comes through because I can see a whole new business to business trading area developing within Asia uh, and around this area, and that's which, where we can use the new technology. And I think that's the note on which I'd like to end, you know, and this is, this is the future. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you very, very much for your attention. Thank you.